You've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I get this feeling we're starting to turn the corner on COVID in a number of different ways. Like the information is coming out. Uh, media is desperately trying to hold on to a, ne- uh, a narrative, but it's going in a negative direction because there are different facts coming out. We'll lay that out a little bit later. One thing you could guess when you found out Fauci and CDC Director Rochelle Walensky was going to go in front of Congress today is that oh, man, it might be on again between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Well, you know it is. And it was. Uh, yeah, No doubt was. about it. Uh, so they got into it again. Rand Paul has been wanting to find out what Fauci knew about that Wuhan lab, which could be the source of the pandemic. Uh, and Fauci just will not answer those questions. In fact, has gone so far as to say that if you're attacking him, you're attacking the science. Uh, there was another time where he said that and then added, you're doing great damage to society. By questioning me. Hmm. Now, today, Fauci said, hey, look, Rand Paul, by asking me these questions, you're trying to get me killed. What? How does this make sense? Well, it, it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C., at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C., to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? Why would Senator want to do this? What do you mean? It was it was Rand Paul that was stopped in Iowa? No, it was some crazy person. Well, you mean, why would this Senator Rand Paul want people to do that? It, when Is that it, what he's saying? Yes. He's wow. blaming Rand so Paul. So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. Which is it? Political mm-hmm. gain or they're trying to get you killed? I don't know. But that's a really interesting rant considering who he's talking to, who is Rand Paul, who's literally had multiple attempts on his life, not in theory, but in reality. Yeah, baseball practice, it, softball practice, or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and so, it, like, it's one of those things, of course, it's inexcusable if somebody thinks they're going to go to D.C. and kill Dr. Fauci. No. Sure. 
And when has Rand Paul ever advocated for that? Never. To go kill someone. No. Again, it would be like, again, blaming Bernie Sanders for that congressional shooting Mm -hmm. at the baseball practice. But it seems Fauci, whenever he's asked questions about different things, he's going to go off into attack mode. It almost seemed like he was prepared. Yeah, well, he was... He was shaking, man. He had Rand Paul's really got this guy on the ropes. Yeah, I mean, today's exchange was not my favorite between the two as some of the ones in the past that we've heard. Um, But still, Fauci goes in a different direction instead of just answering questions. And it's one of those things like we can switch gears right now to Peter Ducey. He's asking questions that he just wants answers to when it comes to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, about COVID or anything else. And then it's either going to be skirting the question to make a statement from Psaki or then to attack Ducey. But someone else is attacking Ducey now. Yeah, so Peter Ducey from Fox News asked a good question during the White House press briefing, something that we've asked multiple times. Uh, And the fake reporters out there are mad at him for it. Because, well, I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance. They just can't wrap their heads around the fact that maybe they've been misled themselves. Uh, Here was the question. I understand that the science says that vaccines prevent death. But I'm triple-vaxxed, still got COVID. You're triple-vaxxed, still got COVID. Why is the president still referring to this as a pandemic of the unvaccinated? I think Robbins actually texted Ducey yesterday and said, here's my story. <laughs> well, it's ask this. it's true. I mean, I asked myself that question. I'd love to yeah. ask her that question. Yeah. What's the deal? I got sold a bill of goods here. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you want to go as far as to say, well, we are seeing that it is preventing severe illness and death, well, that's pretty good selling point. But saying, you know, the pandemic of the unvaccinated is still going back to this talking point that – the people who have chosen to not get these shots are the ones at fault for this still existing, which that is objectively not true. Correct. Um, Now, CNN this morning decided to attack Peter Ducey, saying that he was pushing, quote, dishonest anti-vax talking points. Here we go. What? Yeah. Uh, So morning anchor John Berman brought in Mr. Potato Head, uh, Brian Stelter. Oh. Oh, fantastic. Brian, you'll be shocked to know the questioner there was Peter Ducey of Fox. Peter Ducey of Fox, Fox, which uh, purposely airs these briefings up until Peter Ducey's question so that the Fox audience can see Ducey sparring with Jen Psaki. But Psaki, of course, had the, 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 the important answer that I hope the Fox audience heard, that, okay, it's not the pandemic of the vaccinated, it's the mass death of the unvaccinated. Is that what they want Biden to say? It's the mass death of the unvaccinated, because almost everybody being hospitalized is unvaccinated. Almost everybody in real trouble is unvaccinated. I think Peter Ducey should listen to his father, Steve Ducey, who said last week, he said, I talked to a doctor. He said the vaccines are like a Kevlar vest. It won't stop it from getting shot, but it'll probably stop it from getting killed. That's great advice from dad. Maybe Peter should call his dad. Yeah, maybe. Or he could just listen to him, right? You realize you guys have like one fifth of the audience at Ducey on a good day. Well, again, what is anti-vax about saying I've been vaccinated twice, had my booster? Dangerous <laughs> anti-vax. <laughs> right. And and I guess what, so their point is, and I'm trying to figure this out, 
is to say, well, yeah, but it, it kept you from going to the hospital or or killing you. Which I'm guessing if you're Peter Ducey, you're like, I'm young. I, you know, I wouldn't have been in the hospital anyway. I'm healthy enough. I, my natural antibodies probably would have fought enough enough to not go into the hospital. But that's where there's a disconnect because people are still, you know, and it's hard to measure how many, but there are plenty still hearing the words of this administration from months ago saying, if you get vaccinated, you won't get it. That's right. That's right. And I know it's evolving. But when you go to the well too many times with broad statements that don't turn out to be true, you lose the trust. And so now that question still comes around because, I mean, shoot, Scott, you've asked it several times and it's legit every time you ask it. Yeah. You know, what do you say? I, I did all these things. I did everything I was asked to do. Right. And I did it for myself, for my health. Again, heart attack survivor, comorbidity, correct? Right? Yes. So I did it to protect myself against COVID because I was told, these guys told me, they sold me the cheeseburger in the picture. Right. But when I got the cheeseburger, it was a disaster. <laughs> right? I mean, it looked nothing like the picture. But, so I do. I feel ripped <laughs> off, man. Which like, is I, should, I should be able to sue because I got COVID after you told me I wouldn't. But they would say, but that that had changed, especially with Omicron, and it's, no, it's, it's evolving. To which then I would say, well, then why don't you slap down Whoopi Goldberg for griping and moaning about getting vaccinated and boosted and getting COVID? Right. It, it's not just conservatives that feel that way, like they were duped. Oh, we got sold a lemon. There should be a lemon law. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is interesting. The tale of Novak Djokovic, top tennis player in the world, going down for the Australian Open. And then there's this whole mess that, what, they're not going to let him in the country. It's going back and forth. Then he's held in this, what, hotel confinement, Mm -hmm. and he can't leave. And then it looks like a win for him because the Australian judge reinstated his visa following this appeal from Joker's lawyers. And so now this looks really bad for the Australian government, at least right now. And he is planning to stay in Australia and compete in the Australian Open. I hope he wins. Me too. Now I really have a rooting interest now. I know. Really do too. Um, and he said on social media, I'm pleased and grateful that the judge overturned my visa. Despite all that's happened, I want to stay and try to compete. Um, I remain focused on that. I'm here to play at one of the most important events we that we have in front of the amazing fans. And there are plenty of fans there that have been supporting him, right? And so after this announcement, all these fans gather in the streets of Melbourne. And they surround a car that they thought Joker was in. But then they were pepper sprayed by Australian police (laughs) as they attempted to disperse the crowd. (laughs) It has really gotten nuts there, man. Too dangerous. You know, they need to pepper spray you for your health. (laughs) Well, when you mix that with the vaccine, it gives you that extra protection. <laughs> yeah. We I'll, we need to disperse the crowd because COVID's too dangerous. Here, let's deploy a chemical agent that makes everybody <laughs> cough like crazy. Well, you're expunging the virus that way. It, in your eyes, you're crying as well. So the tear ducts are there working. There you go. Yeah. Yes. And as you would probably imagine, uh, Pfizer's working on that fourth vaccine. Oh, sure uh, th- yeah. That is going to help with uh, Omicron. We'll get to more on that a little bit later on. Also, uh, Biden's given a speech today on voting rights. This is one of the biggest lies out there, the whole voting rights thing. 
But someone is missing that everyone thought would be there for this. We will get to that and much more coming up right here. Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, before we go to the voting laws, just so I'm keeping score here, the fourth vaccine is going to be eligible very soon for people. Okay. So we know that with Omicron, which is over 95% of what people have in the United States right now, it can evade the vaccine. You could still get it, even though your vaccine boosted, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the reason that you get the vaccine is it'll keep you out of the hospital or keep you from dying. But that's not what they told us. That's okay. That's the new news, though. I know. Okay. But it also does not keep you from spreading it. Right? Right. So what are we talking about? Because if you've decided to not get the vaccine, how are you now posing a bigger risk to someone that's vaccinated? Whether you're vaccinated or not, don't you pose the same risk? Because you could pass it along either way. Right. There, There is a risk, regardless of your vaccine status, that if you get it, you will spread it. So, yes. yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things that, yeah, if you're at risk and it keeps you out of the hospital, that's good. But the vaccine mandate thing, uh, I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but that obviously but, needs to go. That's part of it. But also, you know, the country has been divided. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty well documented. The people that have been vaccinated, not all, but there is a certain group that looks down at the dirty, unwashed, oh, yeah. unvaccinated, yeah. that yeah. blame them for everything, mm-hmm. that then has no argument anymore. No, that, that game is over. It's long over. No, yeah. the moral superiority game. Yes. Yeah. So as simple as it sounds, this doesn't keep you from spreading it. So why is this debate even still going on? Because people like it's the moral superiority thing. Like Scott said, it's it's everybody wants to be seen as doing the right thing And your vaccination status, whether it's you are vaccinated or not vaccinated. That's not a substitute for a personality. And unfortunately, some people forgot that. Well, and then, yeah, when you get to the mandates or talk about, well, to come here, you, you need to be vaccinated. Why? You're not stopping the spread. It makes no sense. You're only getting it for yourself now, not to stop the spread, because it's not stopping it. Makes no sense. Right. I know that sounds very simple. No, I know, but the selling point is if you get it, you won't get a sick. That's the selling point. Right. So everything else. Which has changed. So with everything else, with saying, if you're unvaccinated, you can't come here, because you could spread it. Well, if you're vaccinated, you could spread it. Mm -hmm. So that dog doesn't hunt anymore. No. Doesn't mean they won't stop asking, though. Of course. Of course. Now in Georgia, man, what a flat-out lie this is. Uh, these voting rights laws, it's, it's Jim Crow 2.0. Right. Jim Eagle. Yeah. The blacks can't vote. Ah. Uh, yeah. President Biden's going to be giving a speech pushing for the federal takeover of elections. They're calling it the voting rights bill. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, top Democrat in the Senate, is saying, hey, we might even vote on something along these lines tomorrow. Uh, now, 
uh, Biden's going to be in Georgia to give this speech. And it's very interesting because Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor there. And Wait a second, has, I thought she was the governor. Well, yeah, I guess t- in her mind, she's running yes. for re-election. Uh, she identifies as the governor. I just want to show respect. She, and she has made <laughs> voting rights a big part of her identity, right? And and oh, yeah. she's not going to this event. According they to the, pulled the all-star game out of Atlanta because of her right. and voting rights. <laughs> right. yeah, well, they, there are a lot of groups Yes. that are against the voting law in Georgia that are not showing up saying this is nothing for Biden but just a photo op. Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything. Right. And so she's joining that crew apparently? Well, it's not as not as openly as like the uh the I think there's a group uh, headed up by a former president of the NAACP that's also skipping out on this event because like you said, uh, just as a photo op, whatever. Right. But Joe Biden was asked about it, and he says, ah, there's a scheduling conflict, okay? What? I spoke to Stacey this morning for a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be talked with her at length this morning. We're all on the same page, and everything's fine. Okay, BS detector yet again. <laughs> yeah. She's running for governor. Yes. The president of the United States is coming to give a speech in your state about voting. And there's something else on your schedule that's more important than that. What is it exactly? I noticed they haven't said, or at least I haven't seen it yet. There's a ribbon cutting at the Golden Corral. (laughs) A Golden Corral is much more popular than than (laughs) President Biden. See, it pulls. You can disavow if you want. I understand. I mean, has anyone mentioned what she's doing? I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. I have no idea. They used to send me, they used to text me the itinerary for Stacey Abrams, but they quit doing that. Oh. That's too bad. Darn the luck. Man, oh, man. So this whole thing, and we're going to hear this time and time again, but the Republicans, they're trying to make it so you rig elections and keep minorities from voting. And, again, what are their big sticking points with that, David? Uh, it's because you got to show ID? Show ID. Uh, the new bill limits the number of drop boxes for ballots, which, by the way, before the pandemic election, there were no drop boxes. So it actually, no. again, like in Texas – Georgia expanded the right to vote relative to the free-for-all election that was 2020. Right. This is about them wanting to rig the game. They want messy elections because they know they can win them. Yes. I mean, all the ballot harvesting and everything else that we saw last time. I did see this. uh, Orkin, they do this every year, their annual list of cities with the most bed bugs. Oh, gosh. You know, it's been a banner year for Chicago. They yeah. won as far as murders a year yeah. and the number of rats. Yep. It's the trifecta, baby. Oh, gosh. Most bed bugs, too. All right. Second year in a row for Chicago. <laughs> it's hard to go back to back. In my memory, the only other city to do that was D.C. There's all sorts of critters there. Uh, but, yeah, they ranked the top 50 cities for bed bugs, looking at how many people had to use exterminators over the last 12 months. Gosh, dang. Now, if you look at most improved, or I guess in this way, <laughs> what got worse as far as this list? Because you don't want to be number one. No. Philly went from 14th to second in one year. Well, that's a lot of bed bugs. Man. Yeah. Better draft choice at 14. <laughs> <laughs> rest, rest of the top 10 New York, Detroit, Baltimore, Indy. D.C., Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. 
So there you go. It's going to be a fun show today. Can I get a room without bed bugs, please? Please. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's been an excuse made for the CDC director. You know what it is? She doesn't have a degree in marketing. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm supposed to tell you that I'm the Gen Xer and David Van Camp's the millennial and Scott Robbins. He's the Gen Zer. He's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's me. No, he's the baby boy. Just turned 20. <laughs> so wait she, to go drinking. She doesn't have a degree in marketing. Yeah. Well, yeah, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, is getting hammered for the confusing COVID guidance her organization keeps putting out there, which this has been going on for a full year. I mean, Remember, it was like you get vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask as long as you're around other fully vaccinated people. But if you're around unvaccinated people, you should still wear the mask and stand on your head and uh, only travel by doing cartwheels. Um, The science is evolving. (laughs) Right. Mainstream media is finally really picking up on this confusing messaging. Uh, So the Biden administration is sending out people to defend her in the most condescending way possible. This is Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, or as President Biden calls him, Javier Bacaria. Bacaria, Bacaria. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rochelle Walensky is an infectious disease expert. Uh, she has a medicine, medical license, and she also has a degree in public health. She doesn't have a degree in marketing. She has a degree in medicine and in public health, and she's an infectious disease expert. So what? Oh, my gosh, that's what, embarrassing. Am I supposed to care about that? I'm supposed to feel sympathy for her? Well, it's supposed to bring this credibility. And think of someone that you, you know, look at as an expert in their field. Okay? After you say that, listen to this. Is an infectious disease expert. Okay? Yeah. Uh, she has a medicine, medical license. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. That was a given. I mean, Wasn't that a given? Me? I just thought, well, that's, yeah. I, good. And she also has a degree in public health. Really? Well, yeah, that would be my guess. What does that mean? That means she can't give mixed messages and give bad advice? <laughs> so why do you send her out there then? Right. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, that is part of the job. If you are somebody heading up a department like that, yes, you're the face of that organization. Yes. And you have to be able to communicate very clearly to the people. You have to have, because, again, you're not talking to a bunch of epidemiologists or doctors. You're talking to normal people who don't have advanced degrees, who are not medical experts. They're not doctors. They... And if you're trying to communicate with them, you got to be able to simplify it. Don't talk to people like they're stupid, but you got to be able to have a clear message. This goes beyond just messaging or the ability to speak in front of a crowd. This is things that just don't make sense together. 
Yes, and it's all of the going out, making a statement, and then have to do a 180. How many times has that happened? Golly, it's happened. I mean, just last spring, I'm thinking about uh, schools and whether or not kids can go back into school for in-person learning. It was, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. That needs to be a priority. But uh, I'm a little scared of it. Oh, geez. Golly. You know, together with the media, they've scared the crap out of people. We've seen this over time. I happen to be a fan of Heather McDonald just because she makes common sense to me. Um, Writes at City Journal. She's been a writer for years, held in high regard. What fellow at the Manhattan Institute? Tucker Carlson will put her on occasionally. And she always just shoots you straight of what she sees. And I thought she put it really well on his show last night, talking about how the media has lied about COVID. And it's finally catching up to him. And that's why I think we're starting to turn on this thing a little bit. I really do believe that. I do too. The more you just talk to people. Mm -hmm. Now, CNN will figure this out a year from now. But when you actually talk to real people all the time, you get a sense of where people are at and they're kind of moving past this and they're not buying all the lies anymore. But this was Heather McDonald's take. Because the media has perfected a set of strategies to keep people terrified uh, over the last couple of months and they're working marvelously. Strategy number one, flog the case count. If all you hear from the press is cases are rising, cases are rising, it tells you one thing. Deaths have been a terrible disappointment because if the media could say deaths are rising, deaths are rising, believe me, that's all we'd hear about. In fact, with Omicron, deaths have stayed absolutely low and they're not going anywhere. Okay, David, how many times have you brought that up? Uh, It's been what, since May or so of 2020? Yeah, it's like the case count doesn't matter near as much as the hospitalizations and the deaths. Yeah. And that is true. And actually, I'm going to play an example of what she just said that happened this morning. That was from last night. Something happened this morning that proved her point. And actually, point number two as well. Strategy number two, create a group norm of fear. Uh, Man on the street interviews, and they're actually females, is one parade of neurotics after another. You know, a female who says... I'm so scared to even go out of my house. I've canceled all my restaurant reservations. I'm not traveling anymore. And this is social psychology to make you think, well, if everybody around me is scared, then I should be scared too. And the media does the same selection with their experts. They choose only those experts to quote who prefer an unknown hypothetical of fear over known facts. So, Okay. That being said, so... Flip on the Today Show just to see what they're covering today, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw this. So you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, we start with, uh, it's Miguel on the story, too. With If you're new to the show, Miguel yeah, yeah. from the Today Show on NBC. I'm a Gary. He's one of our favorites. We, certain cadence. We yes. like the way that he talks. Very much so. Um, so he starts to, you know, lay it out there. Right. No, that's that's the wrong cut. This morning, the nation's top COVID vaccine providers are working on a fourth shot. The CEOs for Moderna and Pfizer say a second booster, this one aimed at Omicron, could be rolled out in the next few months. Yeah, 
That's right. Why? With our nation already averaging nearly 700,000 new infections every day, most of those hospitalized are unvaccinated. And with COVID deaths rising in places where Omicron first hit, doctors fear a rise in fatalities similar to last year may soon be coming. They fear that it may be coming. That's not exactly solid. In places where Omicron first hit, what does that mean? There's no specifics. They go vague on it. You know what I'm saying? You hear that a lot. Now officials in Sonoma County, California, are advising residents to stay home for the next 30 days, moving quickly to ban large gatherings here in wine country that would impact weddings and conferences with limited exceptions. They're going to do that again? That's amazing to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think the people are wanting that right now. No, 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 no. And again, it doesn't make any sense. If you're already vaccinated and you're boosted, you're protected from the hospital or from death, correct? So why the shutdown? I mean that sincerely. Someone help me. You're trying trying to, you're looking at me like I got some logical explanation for this when it doesn't exist. What we have seen over the last couple of years from government officials, and it has been primarily expressed by Democratic people in power, is that they feel like they need to do something, right? It's the government equivalent of everybody running out and buying all the toilet paper they can find. You feel like you got to be doing something because that means that you're trying to be part of the solution, even if that something doesn't actually do anything. And at least with toilet paper... Well, you use toilet paper every day, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things uh, Heather McDonald talked about, they'll put these neurotic women on, right? Mm-hmm. They'll do that. The other thing they do a lot is if there is some sort of victim within a narrative that they can use oh, yeah. to tug on heartstrings mm-hmm. and to scare people, they'll do that too. And sure enough, It's a mom of a kid that has had to go to the ER. Amid a push to get kids back into the classroom, students in Chicago will return. Meanwhile, child hospitalizations are up 133%. Cassandra Castillo, six-month-old. Go ahead, David. I know David's got the answer to this one. You've always always got to go with percentages, Percentages. right? Because if you actually went, like one of the stories I saw is like hospitalizations of uh, COVID and kids. At one Texas hospital, we're up 400%. The total number of kids in the hospital in Houston was like 70. So, Mm -hmm. yes, we don't know how many of them were there because of COVID and how many of them were there, again, with COVID. Right. But if you say say 70 kids in the hospital, most people are going to be like, oh, well, that's, that's terrible, that's sad, but that's not all that bad. But if you say half were COVID 35, right, (laughs) then then you say, you know, but if you say 400 percent increase or whatever, that sounds terrible. And now we go to the heartstrings. Francisco is one of almost four and a half million kids who've tested positive for the virus. He's been taken to the hospital three times. My biggest concern is him being able to breathe. He sounds like he's struggling to breathe. And it's it's terrible to hear that. We don't know anything else about that kid. I feel terrible that that's happening. Wow. But that's such an outlier. Yeah. But that's what they do. They use that sort of thing. 
I, and I think it's it's disgusting. So at the end of the fear mongering, as the nation tries to ride out a tidal wave of infection. <laughs> tidal wave. Tomorrow morning, it's going to be this morning. The manufacturers of adult diapers are gearing up to send express packages in bulk to those of us in the media. No word on when we will get the shipment from Kleenex. I'm terrified. Miguel Almaguer today. Do you want to hear the end of his report? <laughs> I do. There's something else you might get a kick out of. With cases at record levels, 1.3 million new infections yesterday alone, people may be getting some relief when it comes to testing. The White House says Americans with private health care insurance won't need to pay for those this rapid at-home COVID test kits. Starting Saturday, consumers will be able to have their health care plan cover costs. Up <laughs> okay, so great job, White House. They've booted it on the test. Anyone that's been paying attention knows that. Yeah, they said, well, I, I, bought, I bought two, not knowing this was going to happen on Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like, you know, I, the sale went after I bought them, then the sale happens. I keep the receipt. Can't get my money back. Here's the thing. You can't find them anywhere. Right. No, that's you one can't. of the problems. They, right. they're supposed they to failed. They, right. They were supposed to have a website up and running early this month. Like, we're in the middle of January now. They were supposed to have it to where they would mail you tests. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, other news. Oh, Whole Foods uh, says the Black Lives Matter mask ban that they have is protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. People want to be able to wear the mask at work. Have they figured out yet that's like a terrorist organization? No, that's not just like a feel good sort of thing. Yeah. They understand I, that that whole organization is like splintering from within because different chapters want their money. Yeah. No, I think I think that's what Whole Foods is doing. Whole Foods has banned it. Yes. And they're saying that their decision to ban it is. Yeah. Right. But the, the people that want to wear the mask, they're, right. they're feeling like, no, oh, no, no they're we're idiots. standing up for something righteous. Um, no. So I'm glad to see that's where that is right now. My gosh. The different things that you can't wear to school. But the LGBT masks. Well, no. Those, those are banned, too? No, I do believe so. Okay. You know, it'd be that would be political, right? That's the thing, where if you're going to make it the same for everybody, that's right. fine. Yeah. But it, it's almost like a lot of companies like, it's okay to have A, B, and C, but not, right. not yeah. these ones that lean the other way. We can't have that. Okay, so the teachers are going back to work. Have that update. Much more coming up. All right, then. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Latest update on the Chicago teachers, David. Uh, well, the leadership of the union has decided that they will go back to work, but uh, they still, I guess, have to have a vote of all the members. So it looks like they'll be going back to uh, work today, but students will be back in the classroom tomorrow. Got it. So basically what they got was enhanced testing. They're going to be testing 10% of the students on any given day. 
or any given week, I mean. So, 10%. Yeah, 10% of the students in each school being tested each week. So that's what they were holding out for. Right. Well, they wanted Does that to make any sense of, at all? They that doesn't get, make any sense. No, it's terrible policy, but they also, yeah, they just wanted to make it seem like they got something out of, out right. of this idiotic exercise. But it's all about the kids. Oh, of course. And their safety. No. That's number one. No, it's not. It's holding out for more of that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. It's exactly what it's about. Hey, did you see this story about Tesla offering an assertive self-driving option? <laughs> you know, the self-driving mean? option, right? Yeah. Well, if you want one to be a little bit more aggressive, maybe you don't like the way your robot's driving the car. The basically. new Tesla Surly. <laughs> <laughs> its latest full self-driving beta has an option called assertive driving some people say it basically sounds like you could choose to drive like a jerk i don't know if i would categorize it that way mm-hmm. but there's three different profile options oh, this ought to be good chill yeah. average and yeah. assertive i like assertive yeah it says the assertive option shortens your follow distance I don't know how close that is. It didn't say in the story that I saw. Some people take that to mean tailgating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All depends. Have you ever been with someone that actually tailgates, and then you try to say, you're a little close? No. You know? Yeah, I've had that. Don't, don't want to say anything to the person because there's a road rage issue there. <laughs> so you were the passenger. I was the passenger, yeah. And it makes you uncomfortable because they're right on somebody's. Butt. Oh yeah, like there, it's I've got like phantom foot break going yes. on. I'm just like I'm like pounding on the floorboards, almost like okay, come on, dude, you can give that guy at least half a car length, right? Right, but you you don't say anything. I did once, and it I thought I was going to get left on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, one of those situations. Very Happens. very angry behind the wheel. Yeah. It's for some people, they may not say anything because they're afraid it might be chilly in the bedroom for the next week. That's what I've been told. Anyway. Oh, Frosty. May, the fear of that maybe keeps someone from saying something. I don't know. But anyway, with the self-driving Tesla, if you have it on the assertive profile, um, it also does more frequent lane changes. Mm. So it'll stay in the fast lane more often, even if you're not passing anyone. And that allows for rolling stops. Well, rolling a little bit, right? Just a little yeah. bit quicker. Um, I mean that's that's illegal, you know. Roll through, but people do it all the time. You know, just kind of you're slowing down, slowing if no one's around, and then you just kind of go through. I'm talking about stop signs, not an actual stoplight. Um, but do you ever think? I mean. It, We've been talking about this for the better part of 10 years of a self-driving car. Yeah. Can you picture yourself riding in one? I can. If the guy, if the thing's assertive, it, it frees up both my hands to flip off whoever it is. <laughs> I think it would make you a nervous wreck. It would. Scott Robbins. I can't really ride with anybody either. It makes me crazy. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot of COVID stuff in the news today. Um, and it just so happened, Dr. Anthony Fauci, known as Lord Fauci, mm-hmm. among other things, along with the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, mm-hmm. um, answering questions from Congress today. Yep. Um, so you knew there was going to be a dust-up with Rand Paul and Fauci. Well, I checked the line this morning. I took Rand Paul minus three. I think I won. Is that going to pay off? I think so. Okay. Like when the final tallies are in, yes. <laughs> What's the clip we're going to hear here, David? So they went at it again. Uh, Rand Paul, he's been wanting to find out what Fauci knew about that Wuhan lab, which could have been the source of the pandemic. And I tend to believe, yes, absolutely it was. Uh, but Fauci will not answer those questions. He's, he, you know, anytime he's asked about it, he says you're attacking the science itself. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, now, one of the recurring themes is this. Why was there a concerted effort so early on to tar and feather everyone in the scientific community who said, you know, this could have come out of that lab? You're talking about Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the NIH. You're talking about Fauci himself. You're talking about people who had a vested interest in protecting their research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, oh, this is just a right wing conspiracy theory. And they kept on. saying, well, that, that whole thing has been debunked. Right. So today, Rand Paul wanted to know, was that based on science, actually, or was that based on protecting you and your friends, Dr. Fauci? Hmm. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public and you keep coming back to personal attacks on me. Oh, yep. Okay, I'll listen to the rest of this. That Go have ahead. absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened but so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns you have said... are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Do you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in so- <laughs> okay i gotta stop david and scott you can take the floor david you can go first well i mean you have this you have this guy out there saying i haven't been telling people what to do just yes dude you you've been a, for some people you've been their holiday travel planner yes that's true yeah what did nicole wallace at msnbc say i'm a fauci groupie right I listen right. to everything he says. Right from the jump, this guy was put on some sort of freaking medical pedestal. You had merchandise. 
He was throwing out the first pitch. He was a celebrity yeah. surrounded only by people who agreed with him. This is this happens in the world of rock and roll, in the world of movies, in the world of whatever. You only surround yourself with people who adore you and love you. And when somebody finally comes along and calls you out, you are pissed off. <laughs> How yeah. dare they call me out? I've got a pillow and a doll, and I threw out the first pitch, and I'm a star, and shut up. But as Don't far question as me. Talking about the actual point that Paul brings up, he goes yeah. to, you know, all these people have died, and, and you want to go back to this. Right. That tells you something. Exactly. Has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask. Get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive. Take, take and a look at everything that I've said. Oh, yeah. be done by mandate. Right. You've yeah. advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's right. Yeah, that was jumping all over the place. Really, both of them. Because wherever Fauci would leave, then Paul would corner him on that issue and say, yeah, but this. Yeah. And bring up another point to it. Um, but as far as what came out of that lab, that is absolutely true. That was in that email with Fauci and Collins to discredit people that said that, yeah, it looks like this could have came out of that lab. Yeah. They were demonized for it. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just to switch gears, speaking of being demonized, I'll set it up this way. I mentioned earlier that we're hearing more and more about actual numbers when it comes to COVID. Because remember early on, if you said, well, are they counted as hospitalizations if you go into the hospital for something else, but you happen to have COVID, that you're actually there for COVID? Well, you're just trying to mess with the numbers. You're in denial of reality that all these people are sick with COVID. It's like, no, you're just wanting the actual truth of what it is. Or did someone actually die because of COVID? Or were they going to die anyway and just happen to have COVID? Because it shouldn't be counted that way to give you actual numbers that goes into the science, right? Maybe you heard the governor of New York, Ogle, talking about the hospitalizations in New York City. And this caught a lot of people by surprise. So half of the hospitalizations in New York City are someone who needs to be there because of their COVID, severity of their COVID situation. And the other half are there for other reasons. Okay, so that would have been counted, obviously, double what it should be in the past. Mm -hmm. So they have to alter the way it's counted, right? Yeah. And there was someone bringing up points like this at the time. And it was Dr. Scott Atlas. He was advising Trump. And he was like this kook, according to the left and legacy media. Just an absolute kook. But he's been proven right on so many things. He was on Tucker's show last night, and he was asked, are you surprised that half of the people in the hospital in New York are not there Because of COVID, they just happen to have COVID. Are you surprised by that? Here's what he said. Well, uh, no, because I knew that then. This is not news. This is just newly revealed. I tried. This is a continuation of the denial of science and the facts, the basic facts about COVID. We've already seen almost a year ago, even the medical literature, Stanford Pediatrics uh, published a paper showing that more than half of pediatric hospitalizations for COVID had zero symptoms of COVID. Zero. This is in the medical literature. Zero symptoms. Mm -hmm. It goes on to say, so obviously you're not in the hospital for COVID. 
but you were counted that way. And that's one of the things that kept increasing fear with people. Here's something else he said. You know, this is always, again, a remembrance for me of how it was there. When I was talking about the risk factors to the task force, the people in the task force didn't understand, didn't know, or simply denied the facts. We know now it's two-thirds of deaths of Americans from COVID are people with six or more comorbidities. Six or more. Did you know that? No. I heard four yesterday, right? Two-thirds. Yeah, the the four figure was from Walensky, and she was talking about uh, the people who'd been vaccinated who died. Yes. This is in general. Two-thirds. Six comorbidities? Yet the message was out there that anybody with hypertension, high blood pressure, was at high risk for COVID. That was false. We knew that. I showed the papers to the people on the task force back in the summer of 2020. Think about that. How many people with high blood pressure thought, I'm at serious risk? Oh, yeah. Well, sure. They actually weren't. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, that they well, weren't. Yeah. Well, you, you notice the timing of all of this, right? Because this was clear. I know we talked about it. I remember, what was it, maybe fall of 2020? Maybe early 2020? No, it was, yeah, it was in 2020, I think, where uh, in California talking about pediatric hospitalizations, they were overcounting by basically 50%. Yes. Uh, because most of the kids who were, and it turned out most of the kids who were in the hospital were there for something else. They were not hospitalized because of COVID. And that was shot down as a conspiracy theory. But now that you have polling going south for a Democratic president and many of these Democratic governors and mayors, now suddenly it's you know what let's uh let's actually go ahead and drill down and be a little more accurate with the reporting because we're getting killed on these hospitalization numbers so they want to make it mm-hmm. look like there are fewer hospitalizations right which is fine because that's accurate but it yes. would have been nice if you would have come around to that uh earlier even though the guy in the white house at the time was a person you couldn't stand yeah, the other thing it, as Atlas is saying, I tried to tell him this summer 2020, you know, that the numbers were being drawn up this way. The other thing that's happening is now that we know the actual numbers, and I'm not saying that the vaccine doesn't have an effect and keep you out of the hospital. It very well could. I, it's hard to measure how much that is in play, but they can certainly say that's how you know the vaccine's working. Because hospitalizations are down, and it's because of the way you count them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, more, more than anything. Well, and, that, and that's not an outlier either. I mean, there have been a lot of people sort of juicing the numbers, uh, mm-hmm. very notably New York State. And they're still doing this where they separate New York State from New York City. That's right. Yeah, very shady. Okay. You wanted to do a flashback. Oh, yeah. Flashback Tuesday, David? Yeah. Well, you have a lot of people, even former Obama administration officials, saying, boy, this testing thing has been a disaster it when has. it comes to COVID testing. Because how is it possible that we've spent or Congress has passed four and a half trillion dollars in spending and I can't go to Walgreens right now and pick up a rapid test? They're gone all over the place. How is that possible? Right. Uh, and here we are in the middle of January. It's still a problem. And just before Christmas, Well, Joe Biden told ABC News that this wouldn't be the case. Hey, we're going to start sending these out early January. 
Oh, yeah. So will they have those rapid tests by, by when? By mid-January, by the end of well, January? Well, the answer is the expectation is that by the, the rapid tests will start going out in the beginning of January because they're being produced now. Uh-oh. Yeah. Mm. That hasn't happened. No. 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 No, by the time the tests are going to be available, it'll be spring. Yeah. And this four or five weeks of Omicron, the big spike will be gone like it was in South America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it won't do any good at that time. We'll Another see if it plays in the wind out that column. Way. Yes. He was. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, well, this is a wild story. Uh, a pig's heart in a man. I don't know if it's respectful, David, to call him the pig man. But he... <laughs> Stop it. Now I'm thinking Ned Beatty. I'm really off my oh, game now. God. We'll get to that God. and much more no. coming up. Oh, golly. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, this is interesting. You brought this up, David. You're like, why is no one talking about this? Yeah, I've seen a couple of blurbs here and there, but this seems pretty significant, uh, or at least the implications are pretty significant. Uh, North Korea tested a missile, firing it into the ocean last night. And around the same time, the FAA here in the United States ordered a ground stop for flights on the West Coast. Like, yeah, don't depart land as soon as you can, that kind of thing. Now, the the ground stop lasted less than 10 minutes, but it seems like this might have been connected because of the timing of it. FAA so far is not really saying much about what, what it is, but uh, I did hear some of the air traffic control audio. Uh, these are uh, from Burbank and San Diego. All right, roll it. Uh, I need you to go ahead and land at Van Nuys at this time. Some sort of national security threat's going on, and we are not allowing ourselves to maneuver in the area at the moment. Weather is the same. We are ground stop. What's the ground stop for? We don't know. We are trying to find out. Hmm. It is everybody nationwide. Wow. Oof. There was some concern, obviously. Yes. Buddy, that's the second one from North Korea in a week, right? Yeah, the chubby little nut job, Kim Jong-un, is making moves, man. Man, this guy's defied death a number of times. How mm-hmm. many times have we thought he was dead? Well, like that was the rumor. He pops up somewhere else. Right. I mean, I think he's taking a look at what else is going on and going, well, hell, I can. I, I don't want to be back page news here. <laughs> right. You got to push Russia. myself up front. Yeah, they're doing all, this, yeah. all these guys are invading countries and... Shaking their swords, it's my turn. What's that old man going to do? Yell at me? <laughs> Off on his porch? Hey! Uh, story that's getting a lot of attention because well, of, it involves a pig's heart. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. This is fascinating and, for some people, frightening. Yeah, well, on New Year's Eve, the FDA gave the green light emergency authorization for a guy named David Bennett. He's 57 years old to get a genetically modified pig heart. Uh, He had been deemed ineligible for a conventional heart transplant. He'd been hospitalized for six weeks with life-threatening arrhythmia and was connected to a heart-lung bypass machine. So they said, okay, we'll put the the, uh, oinker heart in you and see if that helps. Apparently he's doing well. 
the first successful transplant of a pig heart into a human body. Wow, man. The dawn of the pig man is here. Oof. Gosh, I guess if, if you've exercised every other option, why not, right? Yeah. He no longer has a heartbeat. He has a heart sizzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you, the obvious question, Scott, you had a couple of heart attacks. Yeah. Would I have done it? To stay alive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. If that's the only option I had, yes. I mean, there's no animal you'd say no to at that point, right? Giraffe heart? Yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Would it really matter? I'm looking forward to the first interview with this guy, though. Ebony, ebony, ebony. See, here we go. Here we go. This poor guy. The jokes are never going to end. No, I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad he's alive, too. That's... I really am. No, but... I'm glad he's alive. I'm not saying, but you don't think that his buddies aren't going to be making jokes <laughs> right and left? Come on. Take care of Arnold Ziffel. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm not. I, I'm not going to get into this. No, I'm getting requests for it. my heart will go on and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to play today. <laughs> I mean, thought about it. I'm like, nah, that's okay. But that is crazy. I mean, is it going to be other body parts at some point? Well, that's I mean, if this some works, of what maybe. people are saying online. Yeah. Like, what else are you thinking about? I don't know. Kevin Bacon was the recipient of the first pig nose transplant. What? No, I'm just... Yeah, he was... He's got a bit of an upturned nose there, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh, man, speaking of someone's appearance and making fun, did anybody see Tucker go after Nancy Pelosi last night? Well, the eyebrows thing is bizarro. I mean, I I, I did a double take on that. Have you seen the picture, I have, yeah. It... That's like a botched Botox or eyebrow lift something. Well, the eyebrows are way up high, and they're huge. I mean, I don't know if you measured from, like, the eye to the forehead to the, to, the, yeah. to the eyebrow. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. like, stressed it's, way up oh, high. Yeah. It, it's easily about, what, two and a half inches? Easily. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. But he was going to break last night, and he's like, something fascinating. Michael Jackson showed up. Golly. I know. It was... <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. Nancy Pelosi's back probably looks like the the other side of a cross stitch right now. She had so much work done. Gosh, dang. Uh, obviously, money is no issue. Well, the eyebrow thing is very Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Yeah, right. yes. You can pay for the best that you can get. At some point, you got to understand. I mean, she's 81, right? There's only so much you can do, but right. she's still going for it. And that's why this, I mean. She had a coupon. Apparently, she got around <laughs> Christmas because that's crazy. It's like Michelangelo trying to make a statue out of a pile of dirty laundry you know it's there's only so much he can do with the materials given that's true ask chris to put that up on the facebook page if you don't know what oh. we're talking about the picture of pelosi with the eyebrows way up high yeah and the high forehead too kind of yeah it's it's a very strange look no, she's got a drawstring neck right. i know well yeah it is weird looking though it is weird looking very much so okay question that's out there is why is biden still calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated an attempt to answer and much more coming right up.
Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. This topic has split apart a lot of families, a lot of friends, conversations still being had. Who's to blame? Is it the unvaccinated? That's why we're still in this state oh. right now. That's what some people believe. It's the, it's the Chinese government, and everybody knows it. All right? There, I, I solved it for you. Thank you. Anyway, uh, yeah, Joe Biden is still calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, even though people who've been vaccinated are still getting and spreading the coronavirus. So mm-hmm. that messaging is all about dividing people between those dirty, unwashed, unvaccinated people and these righteous and health conscious and honestly just patriotic Americans who have gotten their vaccines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never uh, get into the demographics of it either. No, they never do. It's just like a given, well, it's all Trump voters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who was triple vaccinated, still got COVID, was asked about this by Peter Ducey from Fox News. He also got COVID despite having three shots. Well, I think, Peter, there's a significant difference between and you just you just experienced this and not to expose your public health experience. But I can speak to mine as well. I had been triple vaxxed. I had minor symptoms. There is a huge difference between that and being unvaccinated. You are 17 times more likely to go to the hospital if you're not vaccinated, 20 times more likely to die. And those are significant, serious statistics. Again, David, you're saying that's not the question. No, that's not the question, because at least to my knowledge, we have not been defining the word pandemic exclusively to describe people who go to the hospital or die from this virus. It is the existence of the virus in the community spreading at a certain rate. That's what we are describing as the pandemic. Well said. So, yes, the impact uh, for people who are unvaccinated is far more dire than those who are vaccinated. Will the president update his language at some time to be more reflective of the fact that people who are triple vaccinated are catching and spreading COVID? I think people. Our president has said, as have we a number of times, that there will be breakthrough cases. There will be people who get COVID uh, here uh, at different media organizations, at companies around the world, uh, around the country uh, who have been vaccinated. But there is a significant difference between being hospitalized or dying and uh, being vaccinated with more mild symptoms. But the unvaccinated are being blamed for spreading. Right. Well, not only blamed, but demonized. Yes. I mean, thrown out of social society. In a lot of cases. You know, the island of misfit people. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's terrible. Well, and when you have a lot of these arguments that happen, when you look at, okay, where are the arguments going? At some point, the conversation sort of comes to a place where you have someone that doesn't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason it is. And that could be a number of different reasons. Let's say it uh, for the sake of argument, it's a younger, healthier person that feels like the risk of the vaccine is more than getting COVID. Okay, well, that that would be their personal choice. But then the argument is, yeah, but they could spread it to someone else. Right? Right. That argument is now gone, isn't it? Because if you're vaccinated, you can still spread it. Right. So is there any difference between the person that's unvaccinated and vaccinated as far as catching it and then spreading it. Well, yeah, but they've kind of moved beyond that one. Now that now it is, if you get it unvaccinated, you you could have serious health challenges. 
I'm not talking about that. No, I know, but that's that's where the argument's being framed now. I know. Yeah. But as far as the arguments that happen between families and friends, oh, well, where it comes down to, yes, but young, healthy person could spread it. Right. Is that still in play mm-hmm. with Omicron? No, I think it's. I think it comes down to. Uh, no, I don't think the short answer is no. It I don't sh- think it that's shouldn't be, but no. it still is. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense. No, I just I just went through that this past weekend. We were celebrating my daughter's second birthday a little bit earlier just to be on the weekend, but I uh, had a bunch of people over at the house. Uh, you know, again, it's one of those things like, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully nothing comes out of that as far as coronavirus, right. but no one was feeling sick. And, you know, most of the people there were vaccinated, but whatever. I didn't really care. I'm not asking for your vaccination status when you're coming over to visit. Um but at the very end, there was one person uh, who was going to hug a family member of mine, and that family member who had just been in my house with all these people, not wearing masks, nothing like that, one of the people goes into the family member for a hug. My family member, it was embarrassing to me, just freaked out. Oh, no, 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 I know you're not vaccinated. I'm not, I'm a little icky about that. Like you were just oh my god you were just in my living room together. There's nothing magical about a side hug that's going to give you the Rona, and it's to the point where I don't even really totally blame that person. I think that right now you've had so much discourse out there that has been poisoning people's minds, and a lot of the concerns don't make sense. No, they don't. I mean, the science of that is how long you're in a room with someone. Right. It's not even the six feet thing. Right. It's how long. And it, yeah. And then side hug. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I was prepared to go apologize to everybody. I'm like, I'm sorry for that display. The thing is, I go back inside and everybody who's left is laughing. That's right. that's the reality yeah. is that yes. for the most part, you know, the folks who are just like, well, I got vaccinated. And so I feel like I'm safe, whatever. The people who aren't vaccinated who are just like, I don't want to get it. Yeah, most of us are just trying to go out and live our lives, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Maybe get that person a T-shirt that would just flip the old saying and have it say, drugs, not hugs. <laughs> Maybe that would be good. Well, that always works. It reminds me, Heather McDonald, I mentioned this, she was on Tucker Carlson's show last night, but senior fellow, Manhattan Institute, written a lot of books, very smart lady. She painted this picture of what it's still like in New York City. As far as COVID, because, well, I'll just let her lay it out this way. I keep thinking people are going to get fed up, but I can tell you in blue state uh, dystopia in Manhattan, people are getting scareder and scareder. Healthy young males, not just masked outdoors where there is no chance of transmission, period, but double masked outdoors. Time out a second. That's almost beyond my comprehension, honestly. Oftentimes I say to people in the bubbles, they need to get out and talk to regular folks. Maybe I should take my own advice because I don't know a lot of young males that would go outside double vaxxed or double masked. Do you? No. No, I don't. The only young males that I see wearing masks are the people who work at businesses that tell them they have to. Have to. Yes. I'm right there with you. All right, she goes on. I do despair. Now, red state America may be in a different condition, but here, yep. I would have assumed even the progressive left would have gotten fed up by now and said, come on, let's just take our chances and go back to normal. There's no signs of that. Uh, people prefer, it seems, to live in a state of fear. It makes them feel alive somehow, engaged yeah. in a great dramatic struggle when, in fact, 
Thanks to modern technology, thanks to the rule of law, life is very safe and good for virtually all Americans today. Yeah. That is a great, great take because it's so true. I thought so, too. It, it absolutely is. It is a club now. Well, it's, it's more than that. It's a religion and, a, it, it, and an it, identity. It is a religion. That, but it, it, it truly is. It's, well, it's a number of different things. There's some sort of, what, comfort that you can't go out and do anything? It, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Like, there are some people that are almost more comfortable staying home and being taken care of. Like, keep the checks coming in. I don't want to go out. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're, we're, we're the good people because we're doing what we're told. Right. But it also keeps you from going out and failing in the world. So there's that sense of security. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, whether it was some sort of contest, sporting event, um, something at work, and there was something that honestly hindered you or gave you an excuse to fail. Like if you fail at this task or at this event or whatever it is, no one would blame you. It's almost like playing something while partially injured, that if you fail at it, you know everyone would say, well, it's hard for them to do that because they were suffering from a torn meniscus or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. They often perform the best they've ever performed because all the pressure's off. Right. And I'm, you know, I guess putting on my dime store psychology badge or whatever to say, that's what it seems like to me for some of these people. There's this comfort in just being in a shell to keep you from failing out in the world. It It's something, man. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah. It's hard for me it to is comprehend the, it. Yeah, well, it is hard to understand. And you draw... Because it's frustrating. Yeah, and you, you draw the distinction between somebody who is younger and healthy and triple-vaxxed and whatever and somebody who is older and at risk, right? I mean, obviously... Oh, I understand are, that. Yeah, obviously there are people who are doing it because they really could have a bad experience yes. if they don't have or yes. if they get the coronavirus but yeah, yeah that i understand what you had a story about some universities are getting sued yeah well they're they're getting sued for price fixing i love yeah. this and i cannot wait to see where this goes because higher education is a freaking scam agree and right now you got members of congress who are asking us to pay their bills nope uh the universities include, but don't, but uh, are not limited to Yale, Georgetown, Northwestern, uh, Notre Dame was part of it. Uh, they're being sued by five former students, and they're asking other students to get involved in this as well. So, to set the table, because it gets a little confusing, uh, universities are able to legally work together to set financial aid standards, but they cannot consider prospective students' ability to pay when they set. You know, here's how much financial aid we're going to give out and to whom, right? Except the lawsuit claims these universities colluded and did consider the student's ability to pay uh, before awarding financial aid. Essentially, cutting to the chase, that allowed them to jack up the price of admission and guarantee that they were going to get their money. And this prioritized wealthier applicants. And in some Mm -hmm. cases, uh, you had like mega donors to these institutions like well we're not doing legacy admissions anymore but if you're cutting a lot of checks uh we're going to means test you and we're going to take your money right so students couldn't so students who were just trying to go to one of these elite universities maybe they didn't have the cash on hand cuz they don't come from a wealthy family wow. they weren't maybe they had the grades for it uh but they could not shop around for a better deal because everybody was basically setting the same standard yeah. for financial aid 
God. So a cartel. It, that's exactly what, that's what the lawsuit calls it. It's a cartel of elite <laughs> universities. Well, it's big education. Oh, of course it, it is. It is. Big meat, big pharma, big education. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, there was a survey uh, people were polled. I was curious if you guys matched any of the answers that people said. If you're listening, go ahead and play along. Um, very simple question. What's one thing you think you should be getting more of that you're just you're just not getting? Something you need more of. I got a two-year-old and a four-month-old sleep. Mm, that was third. When you started with the S, I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, those, those little critters are blockers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> can be. But sleep was third. What comes to your mind, Robbins? What I just said? Uh, yeah, maybe. That's not. I didn't want to lead you down that no, no. way. Um, I, I'll say, I don't know, I guess probably time off. Just, just time off, although I don't really take it. I mean, you're just coming off a whole week. I know, but I, you know, and I was sick the whole damn week. Oh, yeah. That, that was second what people said, vacation days, days off. The first thing people said was sunshine. I think it's the time of year. You know, that's probably true. Depending yeah. on where you're at. Yeah. They also mentioned exercise, money. Man, money's always good. Well, yeah. I don't know of a whole lot of people making a lot of money. See, I couldn't use a little bit more. Yeah, oh, it's always yeah. in there. Always. Hangout time with your friends. Yeah. That's true. Both of them. And then hugs and cuddles. Save your commentary. Okay. Okay. Uh, Murder suspects not in jail. Why? That and much more coming up. How many suspects in Chicago, murder suspects, are not in jail right now? Oh, around 100. About 100 people charged with murder in Cook County, Illinois, are on home monitoring, not behind bars. Is according to reimagining justice? Yes, it is, yeah. That's according to Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. It says, I got about 100 people on home monitoring who are charged with murder. At least they're charged. Remember, I mean, the state's attorney didn't file charges against people who killed one another because they were, well, mutual com- uh, combatants. Yes. Two gangs. Astounding. <laughs> uh, let's but we see. need to get those guns off the street. Yeah. So A the- gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to prosecute. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a judge who manages this home monitoring program who keeps putting people in into it who, I mean, anybody with common sense, and even some who don't have common sense are looking at this and saying this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot among them saying, do you feel safer knowing that these people are not behind bars right now? Because I don't. Of course you wouldn't. No. My goodness, man. Chicago. We just talked about this earlier. Now leading in bed bugs in the United States. Yeah. Well, for the second year in a row. And it's rats and it's murders and a hundred murder suspects are out just roaming around. 
It's nuts, man. The place this, is this a is dump. not well. This is not you know unique to Chicago. There are a lot of left-run cities that are going in the same direction. I mean, it's astounding to even say in New York, armed robbery would not deserve jail time. Yeah. Seriously, that's mm-hmm. nuts. As long as no one got hurt. Right, with the caveat. Yeah, all you did was put a gun in somebody's face. From the you same pull people the trigger. that say we need to get guns off the street. Right. <laughs> wow. Sometimes you're reminded it's not just the United States that's going nuts in a number of different ways, especially when we're talking about COVID. Mm-hmm. Story out of Scotland. They're delaying fertility treatments for unvaccinated women. Oh, gosh. Jeez. And the story, it sort of sets it up. They announced it the other day. Um, due to ongoing uncertainty is the reason they're not going to be giving the fertility treatments to these women. Um, because they're just not sure about Omicron is what they say. So a woman can be considered not fully vaccinated, by the way, if she has not received a booster. But those who are waiting to be eligible, um, as far as the third shot, are able to receive fertility treatments. So they tell the story of this woman named Gemma, who's 25, and she was supposed to get these treatments. She's had five years of trying to have a baby um, and then discovered right before Christmas that she was ineligible, again, because she was unvaccinated. She said, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just in limbo. I was unsure of why or even when to get them as far as the vaccine. I hadn't had a chance to speak to any doctors or nurses regarding this with fertility treatment. Right. You heard before there were some women like, you know, I sort of want to wait with this vaccine and everything else when I'm trying to get pregnant. Right. You know, I don't blame anybody for that. Uh, But the government there does. Does, Yeah, sorry. It might seem unfair and inhumane, but uh, that's just the way we got to do this right now. You need to have your vaccine to get your fertility treatment. Yeah. little incentive there. So it's not just the United States. But still, man, a lot of work to be done. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we had some fireworks again during public testimony. Uh, This involving uh, Senator Ted Cruz and Jill Sanborn. Jill Sanborn is the executive assistant director of the National Security Branch of the FBI. And Ted Cruz, I think he uh, got a little bit of a wake-up call from one Tucker Carlson last week. Got slapped around a little bit after calling January 6th a terrorist attack and whatnot. Uh, And so he is asking Jill Sanborn with the FBI about the Fed's involvement with the Capitol riot. Were there people who were helping to organize 
the violence or encourage the violence, sort of prod things along, similar to what we know happened with the so-called plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. It's like Revolver News is breaking these stories. No one else was touching it, but they got to the heart of it, and it was set up by the FBI. Yes, it was. So, yeah, now now that you're, you know, we're in a situation where the Biden administration wants to use this in order to place surveillance on, well, people who would vote Republican, basically. They're using January 6th to go after um, anyone who voted for Donald Trump. That's what they want to do, ultimately. That's why they compare that to things like 9-11, because what happened after 9-11? We went to war. Right. <laughs> They're getting ready to do that. So we need to know, were the feds involved in this? And Ted Cruz wants Jill Sanborn to uh, answer the question. Well, let's go. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, (laughs) who is Ray Epps? Uh I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. That's the name that comes up all the time. Well, that was the guy. Yeah. And they can't find him? Oh, I... Come on, man. I think Ted lays it out here. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. According to public records, Mr. Epps has not been charged with anything. No one's explained why a person videoed urging people to go to the Capitol, a person whose conduct was so suspect the crowd believed he was a Fed, would magically disappear from the list of people the FBI was looking at, Ms. Sanborn, a lot of Americans are concerned that the federal government deliberately encouraged illegal and violent conduct on January 6th. My question to you, and this is, a, this is not an ordinary law enforcement question, this is a question of a public accountability. Did federal agents or those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? Bum, 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 bum. Not to my knowledge, sir. Mm-hmm. So there's the exchange. Nice cagey little answer there. Just to me, FBI looks guilty, but I also think the FBI was involved, so I'm I'm not coming this uh, coming at this from a unbiased standpoint. I admit. Well, you can identify a guy in a crowd of 300 on a fuzzy picture. Yes. But you can't find Ray Epps. You're unwilling to find Ray Epps? You don't know where Ray... I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe that at all. Why not grab... He, I mean, he was certainly instrumental in the insurrection. He encouraged more violence than... Absolutely he did. Chewbacca guy. And it's on freaking tape. Everybody's seen it. Yes. People know who he is. We know right. what he looks like. We know the, the, the crowd smelled a rat with him. Yeah. Because he was a rat. Fed, 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 fed. But this guy did it and was walking through the crowd inciting things right and left. Yeah, the night before. And, and somehow we can't bring him to justice? Gee, we don't know where he is. What? No, I don't know. Don't believe that for a second. It's all garbage. That's crap. Yeah. Please. By the way, 
And I suppose when I heard this take, you know, I'll listen to Joe Rogan occasionally, depending on who his guest is, might be interesting. Um, who is he talking to? I guess it doesn't matter. Maybe Adam Curry. He was talking about January 6th. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, it was Adam Carolla. Yeah. It wasn't Carolla. I think it was Curry. It wasn't? I, I think it was, it was Curry. Pro. Okay, never mind. Um, but anyway. I saw it. His reach, Rogan's reach is huge. You saw that report maybe last week. He's got a bigger reach in America than. 11 and a half million people. Anybody in media by far. I think it's, what, second place is Tucker at 4 million? Yeah, 4.5 or something, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I think if you are a conservative person, you don't agree with Joe Rogan on everything. But you still might be interested in what he has to say about things. Is that's the way I look at it. I think he's pretty entertaining. Um, but this was his reaction after Kamala Harris said what she said, comparing 9-11 to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. This is um, a complete insanity. Look, January 6th was embarrassing. It was pathetic. It was confusing to me. Because there's parts of it that confused me. The parts where you have these clear agent provocateurs in the audience calling for people to go into the Capitol. Eps. Yeah. Like clear. And then there's video of cops opening up barriers. Mm-hmm. What is that? Why did they do that? See, everybody sees that. You know what I mean? You're just trying to figure out what the truth is. Because it didn't make sense. Because we said that at the time. It's like, that was so weird because the cops were holding the doors open and talking to people. Yeah. But all of a sudden, all that video is gone. You don't see it anywhere. And when he talked about Kamala, <laughs> this was just funny to me. Uh, get your finger on the button just in case there's a swear word. Oh, I God. think I got it. All right. Does this make you nervous, Scott? Yes, it does. Yeah. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind yeah, us, remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. She- Quoting Kamala. She said, dates that occupy not only a place in our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. That's insane. <laughs> yes. That's insane. Of course it is. I think most people realize that. They're fighting a losing battle right now with a number of different things. You know, the far left freak show hates him now. Oh, I mean, he's public enemy number one. He's all of a sudden he's become a guy that they absolutely hate. Well, think about the ivermectin thing. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of I that was sort of a jumping off point for me in terms of Joe Rogan. I mean, I know he's always done some entertaining stuff. Yeah. But boy, that was the point that they really got to him at some that point in time. It was like, done. I'm done. News update from the CDC, at least as far as The Washington Post is concerned, they're that the CDC is considering updating its mask guidance. <laughs> oh, no. Because of an increase in the number of Omicron-related coronavirus cases. Um, and they're likely going to advise people to opt for the highly protective N95 or KN95 masks worn by healthcare personnel, personnel um, and to do so consistently. What, my question is, wouldn't have people have known this? Before, don't most people know cloth mask does not give you near as much? I don't know. I I saw another report that the Biden administration is talking about sending out N95 masks. No, they didn't. Yeah. Are you serious? They're they're revisiting the the idea. They want to make them more easily accessible for the American public. Now, here's the thing. I can go and find N95 or KN95, one of those masks, 
pretty easily almost any store or grocery store or pharmacy I go to. What I can't find is an at-home rapid test, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been nice for you to address that when people were asking you about them months ago. The thing is, okay, if they start going that route with kids because it does keep you from breathing well. Yeah, it does. And often, a lot of cases, you're going to have a lot more headaches. It's going to be a real problem for kids. I mean, most people right now, at least anecdotally, my the people I talk to know that the cloth mask is not going to do much, but you only wear it when you absolutely have to. That's it. But you're trying to make it the most comfortable it can be because this is just something we got to get through for the time being. Everybody knows it's a joke. It doesn't do much. I don't know. By the time they get all this going, this four- or five-week surge of Omicron is going to be over. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I, that's as I expected anyway. Um, also a report that half of Europe will be infected with Omicron within weeks. That's the World Health Organization, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, the Education Secretary, David, what's the story here? Ask for what? Oh, remember the letter from the National School Boards Association that compared parents who showed up to school board meetings uh, to domestic terrorists? Oh, yeah. Saying that they should be investigated as such by the FBI or Mm -hmm. by the DOJ? Uh, Well, apparently Education Secretary Miguel Cardona solicited that letter. There's an email exchange that was obtained and then written up by uh, Fox News. Uh, so apparently he was more involved with this letter's creation than previously oh. known. So the Department of Justice relied on this letter, which, again, suggested using the Patriot Act against wow. parents and wow. creating its memo directing the FBI to mobilize in support of local uh, education officials. Now, in an October 5th email, the NSBA secretary-treasurer re- said that the NSBA interim CEO told the officers he was writing the letter to provide information to the White House from a request by Secretary Cardona. So he said, hey, can you write this up so that we can hand this over to the DOJ and the DOJ can get the ball rolling on this? Oh, my goodness. Now, I know that the Biden administration doesn't fire anyone (laughs) for anything. If that turns out to be true, you got to lose your job, don't you? Oh, come on. After Afghanistan? I know. No. This is nothing compared to Afghanistan. (laughs) So basically, you'll have to be locked up in jail for breaking the law and proven to be so to lose your job with this administration, it seems. That would be strike one, Jamie. Wow. Man. Well, depends on how you broke the law, too. It's true. And it depends on whether or not you could see pain in your eyes when you when you're doing whatever. <laughs> That's you did always the difference, the right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're walking out while looting, carrying a big screen, but yeah. the pain you can see in your eyes—that's not even a crime. You don't have a space heater, and it's cold. And yeah, Jake Tapper, welcome to the party. Jake from CNN says, you know, this COVID stuff's being misrepresented. Really, that and much more coming up.
Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I'm going to steal the line. Welcome to the party, pal. Jake Tapper. Yeah, what's going on over there recently? Well, I think... Are they looking at numbers going, you know what, maybe this isn't the right way to do things? I don't think so. Or is this just happenstance, or it's so obvious now you can't possibly ignore it? I don't think it's only CNN that is turning the page on the COVID narrative. I think you see it in some instances. Well, Chris Hayes kind of did left, the other night on MSNBC. All yeah. of all the left-leaning outlets are saying things about COVID now that could have got you banned from social media not too long ago. Yep. Um, talking about hospitalization stats misleading and other things. Uh, as we go to the audio from one Jake Tapper. The hospitals are still stretched thin because of this, so I'm not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They get, they're there because, right. um, you know, they, they bump their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading. You don't say. Seems kind of. It is misleading. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course it is. And you guys parroted it for almost two years now. You had the death count and the case count and all that stuff, and you never stopped to ask, hey, are we right about this? Yeah. Never once. It's on there with Sanjay Gupta, you know, mm-hmm. who is the expert. Of course. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Jake. It, it surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olensky is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen. Uh, sort of, sort of tracks with what she said. But out of Please. all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57 percent these are COVID patients admitted because of or complications from COVID. 43 percent admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. When you brought this up before, you were demonized for it. And you got labeled anti-vaxxer and everything else. We all know the story. But, yeah, the page is being turned. And your theory, David, as to why is, what, just that the game is over? Uh, I think... I think also they're looking at it and realizing that, oh, my gosh, Biden has objectively failed in something that, honestly, I don't know that he could have succeeded in, which would be, you know, shutting down the virus, something he said he would do. And the president, sorry, any world leader, unless you're willing to, like, what, seal people inside of their homes like they're doing in China again, uh, unless you're willing to do that or able to do that, what can a president or a prime minister or whoever. Show me where that has actually happened in the world. You know, Joe just got it confused. He said an opposite. He right. shut down the economy, not the virus. Right, right. He, he, that's what he meant to say, and he, <laughs> he succeeded, see? But I think the reason, again, why they were focusing on case numbers, why they were focusing on or not asking the right questions about hospitalizations and who's dying of or with, the coronavirus, is because those numbers, they needed those to be inflated while Donald Trump was president. They just never questioned it. Yeah. You know, I suppose, too, we're at a point where a lot of people, we've said this many times, just sort of turned the page themselves to say, i got to live my life. You know, and I'm relatively healthy. I, I need to go out there and live. 
And then if you ended up getting Omicron and then getting, you know, past it, as most people do, you're like, okay, all right, I'm kind of relieved. I got it now, and now I'm really moving on. I was talking to uh, somebody I know not too long ago that had not been vaccinated. And a lot of people around him were saying, when are you going to get vaccinated and everything else? He ends up getting Omicron. And he said it wouldn't even have been something that kept him out of work. Right. You know, uh, but was over it rather quickly, moved on. And no, I'm not saying that's the norm talking about this particular individual. So then when people are asking him, well, are you going to get vaccinated now? Like, well, no, of course not. Why would I do it now? I already got it. Mm -hmm. I got the antibodies. It, It wouldn't make sense. It's weird. You just once you're thinking one certain way about this issue, I think it's hard to move off of that. Instead of just going with the attitude of I want to know what the facts are and just keep digging for the facts and know when someone's BSing you and when it's real. It's hard to know that. There's a whole nother story, and I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. Um, just a quick clip, and this was from Tucker Carlson show last night. We were talking about the treatment for COVID. In some places, it's hard to get the monoclonal antibodies, different things. And you found out it was going to be dispersed sort of by race. Did you see this? I did. And it was a clip of a white dude at a hospital in Texas that couldn't get the treatment because he was a white guy. And they had it happen. What? Go ahead. Play that clip. Because I don't qualify? Yep. What, if I, what if I, like, smoke and vape? I heard that was a... No. 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 Okay. What if I were black and Hispanic? What? Then I'd be able to qualify? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm being <laughs> denied medical service because of my race. Is that... That's the criteria. Wow. Wow. The Robins, top three of the day, trifecta, next. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. See, China's locked down their third city there now, affecting 20 million people because mm-hmm. of the spread. So you're thinking, well, they're trying to get ready for the Olympics, right? Trying to clean that thing up. Right. They're usually good about that with the evidence. Hey, when is it we're going to start with the sanctions on China? We're starting this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe will get around to it. Yeah, yeah, is- yeah. We're going to hold them accountable when the time is yeah. right, right? Yeah. Right. Time's sure. never right. Uh-huh. The other thing is, seeing news today, that the lockdowns now in China have also hit the factories and ports. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. More supply chain issues. Yeah. Well, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, to look forward to. So what's a good reason for uh, for not boycotting the Olympics altogether? Well, I think what it comes down to, if you're looking at politically, um, I don't think the current administration wants to mess with China. 
I think, for a number of different financial reasons. Well, I think there's an argument that could be made that you're punishing people who had nothing to do with any of this, meaning our athletes. Yeah. So what? There's that. Well, I'm just our, saying, I mean, our, if, if you're looking for but, a reason yeah. why. But that's not why. It, they'll say that. But, no, I think we are China's female dog in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Well, there's I mean, no doubt about that, no. Especially the current president. And his son. I mean, you've gotten a lot of money from that country. Mm-hmm. You say, well, not directly. Okay, investors, well, <laughs> please. Laundered money is still money. I mean, and we know how much China money is in American businesses, in American media. I mean, so it's not like we even have, uh, you know, a media that's holding the current administration accountable for going back to saying, hey, what about where this started? Okay, and then the cover-up that happened afterward. It'd be one thing. It was like, it was an accident. We're so sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, they stood in the way, as they always do, of any sort of investigations. I like the headline now. China China promises Olympic athletes Internet access. Whoa, great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. We should not allow them. To take our athletes hostage. Meaning? Don't don't send our, our men and women over there. No. Well, listen, man, as far as the individual athletes, mm-hmm. I'm sure they will be treated fine. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. That's the way that usually happens. And I mean, and when they're competing, I'll be rooting for the athletes of the United States. But no, we should have put our foot down on China a long time ago, but I don't think that's going to change. No. Not anytime soon. So, are you all ready for your big three, Mr. Yeah, Robbins? let's go, man. All right, let's do let's this. Let's go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins is a hero. Uh, that helps him every day. Yep. Uh, I'm Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. The best. Uh, from his top 40 days and even beyond. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, college students, you tell me, are threatening a hunger strike if the Democrats don't take over elections in all 50 states. By January 17th. Mm-hmm. That's right. Arizona college students are threatening to go on a hunger strike. Quote, we're prepared to hold out indefinitely now that the holidays are over, said fun gal Leela Winberry, a junior at Arizona State University. I've seen the consequences of a broken democracy my entire life. (laughs) So now we're willing to suffer the consequences of hunger striking rather than the consequences of this bill not passing. This hunger strike is going to be a lot bigger, a lot bigger than the 15-day one we had in December. That did so much good. Right. right? Nationwide hunger striking is more than likely, she noted. She said they had to call off the other one because people wanted to go home for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) This is what democracy looks Looks like. like. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I would do if I were there. I would go across from campus and I would start grilling food (laughs) and let them smell it every single day. Get that? Get a case of White Claw? Yes, right. Okay. What was her quote again? Which one? Her whole lifetime, she has seen what? Uh, Let's see. uh, A broken democracy her entire life. And what is she, 21? 
What do you know about anything? Nothing. Go hungry. Her entire life. I love Who that. Care, what, all of a sudden, what, you're going to have Georgia and other states saying, okay, we got to change the laws. We've got some kids starving in Arizona. You know, the interesting are about, you, about all of this is this entire student organization hold this press conference. Every single one of them white kids. Every single one of them. Well, yeah, they're woke. Every well, they single make one a of them. Difference. That's what it's yes. all about. That's yes, right. we're getting closer and closer to number one. Yep. Two. Orange. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, David. Uh, the L.A. Times says, uh, and it's a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer for the L.A. Times. Yeah. Saying that it is absolutely necessary to mock the deaths of the unvaccinated. That's right. Uh, Orange County, California, Deputy District Attorney Kelly Earnby recently passed away due to complications from COVID. She was a very vocal critic of government vaccination mandates and was herself unvaccinated. This led to the predictable ghoulish end zone dancing that was going on. I saw it on social media. Yeah, I've seen bits and Picture pieces. Picture of her obituary so. with ha, ha, ha across the top oh of it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these people are sick. Michael Hitzik penned a column, which is currently titled Mocking Anti-Vaxxers. Is it ghoulish? Yes, but it's necessary. Why is it necessary? How should we react to the deaths of the unvaccinated? On the one hand, a hallmark of civilized thought is the sense that every life is precious. On the other, there are those who have deliberately flouted sober medical advice by refusing a vaccine known to reduce the risk of serious disease from the virus, including the risk to others, and end up in the hospital or the grave. This can be viewed as receiving just desserts. Okay. I mean, he goes on in the column to uh, to talk about that this this is worth mocking. This needs to be mocked, and we need to mock people who die of COVID who are unvaccinated. And that would have been for today because of the biggest stories of the day. Yes. He's talking about the vaccine that will stop s- spreading it. That's what he says. Well, you're spreading no. fake news. No, of course he is. Because it doesn't stop spreading it if you're vaccinated. Now, I'm wondering here, are you going to mock the people who died of AIDS, or have you? It was preventable. I mean, they could have used a condom. Yeah. I mean, are they going to mock people who smoke that die of lung cancer? Could have been preventable. They could have quit. It's California. They'd probably do that. They wouldn't mock someone that died of AIDS. Alcoholism? Drug overdoses? Depends on who it is. I guess. How about if we make fun of the people who were vaccinated three times and still died of it? Is oh, that man. okay? No. Wow. Really bringing up the big questions. Here. I hate this crap. This guy pisses me <laughs> off. It's like, how dare you? You jerk. Okay. We've got one more to go. One. All right. Uh, the judge in the Kim Potter case was tough on Kim Potter. You know, no, you're not going to be released until you're sentencing, all that stuff, right? Uh, Kim Potter being the officer who shot and killed Dante Wright. Uh, when she accidentally shot him. Right. Uh, but uh, she is not tough on apparently people who intentionally commit a crime. Yeah, Regina Chu is her name. Uh, an 18-year-old Minneapolis man described by investigators as having a lengthy juvenile delinquency history, including assault and weapons offenses, is now on the run after that same judge who presided over the Kim Potter trial last last week, two weeks ago, released him to attend a funeral. You know what happened? What? He never came back. (laughs) Okay, released him to go to a funeral. Did he have someone accompany him? Apparently had an ankle bracelet that was removed. I don't... 
is bad reporting here, but he was released at 9.30 on January 3rd to attend a family member's funeral. He was supposed to return to jail three hours later. He didn't. Wow, that was different from when I was a kid because there was, well, a member of our family that was brought into a funeral, got to go from prison, but they never took the cuffs off. No. There's a different situation right. here, obviously. Well, it's a different time. I don't know why we don't have a law that stays, listen, if you're a judge and you do this and they don't return, you serve their sentence. <laughs> How about that? Well, I guess that would clear that up uh, pretty quickly. How about if uh, old Scott Robbins is king of the world for a day? This is what we're going to do. And they There's come live at your house. Yes. And there you have it. <laughs> yes, well played. Thank you. Um. I'm going to ask you this question. You guys both have cats, and I think, uh, Scott, you're pretty lenient as far as the cats go. But I saw this story about two women that couldn't open their new blender. Now, when I say that, have you seen this story? No. It's been making the rounds? Okay, this was in Canada. They ordered a Vitamix. This was on Black Friday. Okay. Okay. Like a blender. Right. So it arrives... They still haven't used it because they have three cats, and these two women say they won't stop sitting on the unopened box. They love boxes. Get off the box. We have to open it. Well, I don't know why they just don't open the box and get the blender out and throw the box away. What's the problem here? They, for some reason, just can't do it. So apparently they've been documenting the standoff with their cats on Facebook. And a few days ago, the story says they gave up, but not to the cats. They sent a message to Vitamix asking them to send three empty Vitamix boxes so the cats will move so they can use their blender. I'm thinking it's a good thing they don't have kids. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Now, you would probably tell them, like you often tell Scott, you have to take control and let the cat understand who's boss. Well, yeah, you're like... At least 10 times their size. Well, I'm not going to let my cats pull that shenanigans. <laughs> They're so you... coming off the box. Yeah, I mean, they, I've never seen them do it before with a full box. Empty box they'll climb into. They love boxes. All cats do. No, this is talking about on top, which is, yeah, which is ridiculous. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Then that's just... Okay. You're, you're All right. Just make sure you haven't completely lost it there. Oh, They're Very just good. trying to get out of their diet. Yeah. It's really been an honor for me. <laughs> me too, buddy. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Casey, as always. Got Nimrods in the news and a news update to get to in just a couple. Goodbye. See ya. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, you were just reading a piece, David. And when you say something like, it's one of the most insane things I've read in a while, that's saying something. No kidding. Yeah, it's about that horrible uh, apartment building fire in the Bronx Ooh. that killed at least oh, 17 man. people and, what, eight eight of them children? Awful. Yeah, I saw the horrible. video of that. Yeah, it's awful. Tragedy. But, of course, some writer at the Washington Post had to make this about race. And government. What? 
The headline is, don't call the deadly Bronx apartment fire an accident. It's a failure of government. It's by Jesse Singer. Um, <laughs> so, of course, makes it all about race because most of the people who were in that apartment building were black or brown. Okay. Uh, said that, well, you know, the New York City Fire Commissioner explained the fire as this. It began with a malfunctioning portable electric space heater and spread because a resident left the door to their apartment open. If we accept this explanation, the only possible conclusion is that this was a failure of personal responsibility. Yes, because that's what sane people conclude when they realize that somebody had a busted old space heater in a place where it shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And sadly, it started a fire that killed a lot of people. It's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Unfortunately, it happens. But how could the apartment door have been left open if New York City law requires that apartment buildings be equipped with self-closing doors? Why did a resident need a space heater if law requires that apartment buildings be kept at a comfortable temperature in the winter? No one in the Does anyone here have a space heater? Because there are parts of the house that are freaking cold? I personally do not, but I know a lot of people who do. I used to have one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one in the wealthiest nation in the world should be dying in a fire in 2022. What? I'm sorry. Fires happen. It's tragic, but they do happen. You can't. There's what are you no talking about. There's no law you could pass that would make it just go away. Sometimes it's an electrical fire that starts within your home. Other times it's a candle that goes unattended. I mean, it, there's a million reasons why fires happen. You know, I don't. What do you mean? I mean there's no reason nobody. What, what's wrong with him? I don't know. I mean, I'm not even sure I'm trying to answer the question. I'll just tell you where my mind goes. For a while now, a natural disaster happens, right? And yeah. it seems like there is a group of people that are looking to blame something for everything. Where it used to be a hurricane, it's an act of God, mm-hmm. the way it would be determined, right? No, it's because of the people that are denying climate change. Sure. Oh, yeah. And so for any tragic situation, it's going to be a blame. And on this one, you would think it would be on the poor person who I'm sure did not ever intend to start a fire. But it was because of the space heater. But no, it's government's fault. That's the only thing I can take Some from it. Some people have looking. space heaters in rooms because they don't want to run their electricity hardcore for that long, you know, or they they don't have efficient type of heating systems in place. Yes. I mean, it's pretty simple. We live in a world where accidents happen all the time, and it's tragic. I think we all know someone that, you know, at, you know, a young age dies in a car accident or a number of different things, and it's it's heartbreaking. There's no doubt about it. We all know this. It's part of life. God. But it seems there are also people that are looking to be protected by the government for everything. Right. And again, it's a tragedy. That is kind of kooky, man. I mean, and this is a totally different story, but you're trying to figure out how this works. Did you see the story about Newsom, governor of California, posing, giving health care to people here illegally? Just universal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We want to do it next year's budget. How does that work? And what are you going to do? I thought we were all supposed to be against people coming here illegally. No. What an incentive. Right. 
Go get free health care, man. If Let's I can go. come up through the border into California, if I can make it there, as long as I can make it there, I mean, it's almost like winning the lottery. It makes no sense uh, to most people. All right. Running out of time. we got to get to uh, Nimrods. Are we ready for the Nimrods? Let's roll it. All right. Roll it out. Let's do this. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Michael McClellan, six-year-old guy, Mobile, Alabama, uh, tried to steal a set of bleachers from a public park. There were two sets of metal bleachers sitting next to uh, some tennis courts, so he hooked one of them to the trunk of his car and just dragged it down the street. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of nuts that you would try to do that. It'll happen in broad daylight. Like 1220 in the afternoon, he made it about a mile and a half. Uh, he's facing charges there. Then we got a man who got stuck in the chimney of a home he doesn't live in. And he was not Santa, but he was safely removed. What was he doing? Well, he was trying to steal. And he's going to jail. And that's Nimrod's in the news.